Hello everybody and welcome to the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast, the original Alien and Predator podcast. This is Aaron Percival, aka Corporal Hicks, and joining me are usual partners in crime. Adam Zeller, aka Ridgetop. AJ Bischoff, aka Voodoo Magic. Though actually, maybe I should say hunting partners for the uh, the Predator-themed ones. Yes. Get better with your themes, Aaron. Come on. So this episode is AJ's first of the year, actually, and yes. we planned... This one a good while ago, I guess, really thinking about it, because he's always fed up of us punishing him. Yeah. We got sick of reading the bad Predator books. And the Alien vs. Predator books, yeah. and the Alien books. Yeah, the last real great book we had was um, Into Cryptus. Mm-hmm. That's for me. Which was nearly, nearly a year ago. Wow. Jeez. So we picked one with a good reputation, one that I don't believe AJ had ever read. Is that right? That's correct. Always wanted to read it. I owned it, but I need a swift kick in the ass to actually read a book. I need someone to motivate me because I seem just to do other things with my time. So I'm glad this came up because this one's been on my list for a long time. Mine as well. I had never read this. You've never? I thought you'd read it a while ago. No, this was my first time reading this one. Okay. Oh, we've got two first time readers here. It's been for me about four years i think four years since i I last revisited this one because i went back and had a look over the thread to see some of the opinions over the years as well and i I discovered it had been a while and i could tell it had been a while actually because as i was reading it i was picking up on things that didn't stick out in my memory about the book Uh, because like i said this book has a good reputation it's generally very well regarded I posted on our Facebook and our Twitter as well to say we were doing this episode, we're recording this episode. What do you think of the book? So I'll read some of those comments out towards the end of the episode. But in general, it was, it was again, very well regarded and very positive thoughts on the book. Now that said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off here uh-huh. because as I was reading this, I was like, you know what? This is a really good book. But it's a really good book, regardless of the Predators. Yeah. Because the Predators aren't in the book very much. It, this this is mostly yeah. a story of two blokes fighting each other, and the Predators are a bit... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say inconsequential to the story, because, well, they're not. But it is definitely a book about Sloan, the main protagonist, and... I for, oh, fuck, I forgot Regal. the page's name. And Regal, the human antagonist, and the Predators are just there. But regardless of that fact, it is a damn solid, solid read, in my opinion, anyway. Find out what you guys think in a a minute or two. But I don't think I would... I had this down as a 5 out of 5, a 10 out of 10. I don't think I'd go that far anymore. Yes, it's still a damn solid book, but it's a Predator book. (laughs) And I kind of feel like... I wanted a bit more Predator in my Predator book, but I had such such fun with Sloane and Regal and, and Mary anyway that I was like, you know what, fuck it. This is, I'm happy. I'm good. I'm enjoying this. So it's a very tight book as well. Yeah, about 230-something yeah. pages. Which I don't think is, ma- I think is about right for, maybe a little bit shorter than the rest of the DH Press books, but not not much. But it is, is a very tight, lean book that is very easy to get through. It maintains a, a very brisk pace. I don't say that in a negative way. I mean, it keeps the books turning. I keep hitting the new chapters and I keep moving on. It's easy to read. It gets a little bit repetitive in some of the formula. 
Yeah, with the tracking. Mm-hmm. And then he has a rest and has a flashback and stuff like that. But in spite of all that, I still really enjoy it. I, I would probably say an eight, an eight out of 10 for this one. M- maybe pushing towards a nine again, because it's just a really well-written book all around as far as I'm concerned. So, uh, yeah. Why don't you commit eight or a nine? Let's nail you, you know, down. You know, you know, I can't fucking commit. You I can split, split the, the difference. difference. Yeah. Like, exactly. That's what I have to do. Yeah, eight point five. Okay. Go on, AJ. Well, for me, uh, I've been looking forward to reading Predator Turnabout for a long time, and part of it is what Aaron was just talking about because I mostly heard good things about it, and that's why I wanted to read it. Also, partially, it's because of this glorious cover art by Stephen Newell, because let's be honest, a great cover can get you excited about a book regardless if the content is unknown. Yeah, definitely. It's actually pretty hard to come by these days. It's yes. very expensive. It's, I suppose that's right. another factor we need to talk about. Is it worth $500 or whatever it goes for? Yeah, that should days? be at the end, right? Yeah, this is the best cover art of all the prayer novels to me. And guys, it's embossed. Feel that? Nice. But the other DH Press one's not. I can't remember. I don't think all of them are. But I'm, I'm, I'm not. Don't quote me on that, everybody. Actually, while we're talking covers, can I just say how hilarious I find it that the credit for Stephen Perry is author of Aliens Earth Hive rather than going for author of Aliens vs. Predator Prey. Yeah, because that was his better received novel, right? Well, I mean, he kicked off a whole fucking fan culture of the Ouch stuff. You know, right. that's that all that's down what to I, that's him. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it felt like Prey was what he was remembered for a bit more, I think. Yeah. And also, you know, I was maybe the most now, okay, at this point in time, I was really looking forward to reading this book because the sequel to this novel, the short story rematch in the If It Bleeds anthology was my favorite story in that collection. Really? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So you had read that one first. Interesting. Yeah. That's, that's funny because it's my least favorite. Wow. Huh. That is funny. We'll have to get into that at the end. So naturally, I was just really stoked to read this book. And I had high hopes, right? And the question is, were those high hopes met? You know, And I guess as my fingers turned to the last page, I would say not exactly. Now, look, the main characters of Sloan and Mary are great. By the way, why is it, you know, all these tough guys, they always go by the last name. You know, Sloan. I think I'm going to start calling you Percival for this whole podcast. But uh, the main characters of Sloan and Mary are great. They're top notch. The setup, predators coming to Alaska to hunt massive brown bears. Love it. You know, or a highly skilled sniper trying to take them out and simultaneously uh, staying hidden. Brilliant. You know, it's like now we're talking. But... As the book progresses, to me, it becomes bogged down by redundant character reflection and, to me, unstimulating one-dimensional villains, the illegal poacher villains. So, to be honest, my, my, my theme for today is I like it, but, you know, I liked it, but the writing was too redundant. I liked it, but... I felt the last act was a little poorly paced and I liked it, but the book to me is in sorely need of a good editor. Aaron, you said this was, yes, brisk. 
for you. For me, you shave off 25, 30 pages. You streamline the story, possibly, you know, shaping up that finale and replace some time spent with the evil poachers with more predator content in this quote unquote predator book where it's severely lacking. And to me, you then have one amazing book. You have an alien into Cryptus. But instead, as it is, it's just decent for me. So I'm just going to score this a 7 out of 10. So yeah, I had never read this before. So I was kind of curious about it. Honestly, the only one from the, the DH Press years that I had read was Forever Midnight. Your favorite. The one we had so much fun with, right? So this was uh, a much better book than that. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and it was interesting in the sense that Xenopedia pointed this out where there's nothing from the Predator perspective at all, which you would expect there would be given Perry's work with AVP Prey. There is from the short story sequel to this, we, we do get a bit more of those Predators and the, the perspective from them. That was an editorial mandate. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because the anthology they needed... No, no. So when they were working, when Perry was working on this, they didn't want. Oh, gotcha. So he might have done that if they hadn't. Have. Yeah, because it was more like the older Bantam stuff. It was like big game, like that novel where you get nothing from the Predator's perspective. Father than big game. It's been a long time since I've read that too. I, I really didn't enjoy really? big game. I remember yeah. enjoying that one. Not the novel, no. But, you know, I really liked this book. I thought the setting was great. I thought the characters were compelling. It's mainly focused on two groups of characters. You have Sloan and a woman who's from out of state. And there's a really interesting kind of city to country cultural dynamic between those two. And eventually they're, they're not super big on each other, but then they become more so. And then you have this group of poachers that, that is there after the bears. And the main character figures out pretty early on that these are space aliens. And so his past and his dealing with both the, the predators and the poachers is really interesting in this. There's a lot of emphasis on tracking. And like you were saying, Aaron, a lot of it, it's more humans hunting each other and the predators are there. And one of the groups is aware they're there and is treating them as a significant threat, but they aren't really showing up too much. I mean, there's a few times where they do show up and then they're evaded or um, they just miss the humans or they're killed. You know, the number of them are killed. But overall, I, th I thought the characters and the setting was compelling enough that this was just a really enjoyable read for me. Might I have liked to see a bit more Predators in this? Yeah, but it kind of reminded me of the first Predator film where you just really don't see much of it until the very end where you get your final fight, which this book also has. So that aspect really reminded me of the original film. Some part of me was like, yeah, I wish, I wish we could have seen more Predators in this. But I think they were handled quite well. And I guess this went back to the, the Yatja interpretation of them because of Perry after the last two DH Press books. For me, I'd probably go with a nine. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go with an nine just because of how solid of a read it is. I could also kind of relate to the setting a bit. I mean, Utah's not Alaska, but we do have our, our mountain forests here and living in one for a number of years. Like it, it was cool to see a lot of the descriptions of, of the woods and of the mountains and how you would find your way around. So yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it personally. I can see its shortcomings and I can see that a fan might have some issues yet, meanders a bit, especially with the flashbacks, both with Mary and with Sloan and with Regal. You know, there's three characters where it focuses on their flashbacks quite a bit. And the tracking, like as good as the tracking was and as interesting as it was, I felt like the book relied on it a bit too much. So maybe, I don't know, like 
after I heard you reviewing it, Aaron, I was like, there's always these things where you talk to somebody about a book and you're like, yeah, I didn't see that before. Hmm, maybe it is not as good as I thought. But I mean, I'm still going to go with a nine. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's a very solid Predator book. And regardless if it doesn't have as much Predator focus as some of the other books do, I still would really recommend it. For $500. Is it really $500, though? I mean, like- it's, it's hundreds. It's hundreds. I think I've seen some copies go for like $75, $70. You know, it depends on its condition as well. But I can't say I could recommend it at that price. But I think we're all in agreement it's a solid book. I'm just not mm-hmm. as high as you both. You know, I have more issues with it. And it's not just the lack of predator, but the the way it was written itself. Yeah, but we seem to be all solid about it. So that's good. Yeah. All agreement. Yeah. It's worth your time if you're a Predator fan. I think we all agree on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing where it's like, I, I don't know about from a Predator fan point of view, because Lee, um, who the fuck, you know, who runs Xenopedia? You know, he says this is his favorite Predator book. And one of the things he always says about uh, Alex White stuff as well is, is it's not just a good book. I mean, not just a good alien book. It's a good book. And with this one, I feel like it's a good book, but I'm not sure it leans heavily enough into the Predator part of it. So kind of like a, a flip around of that. You know, I enjoy it as a damn solid military. Oh, my God. It's so technical in this book as yeah, well. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of gun points. Which is, is going to put off people that might not be so interested in that. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they, they need some guys jizzing over a Chaytech sniper rifle in there, but it's like a, it's a solid hunter sniper gun porn kind of novel but i don't it's a weird one because i'm like i don't know if there's enough predator in there for me but i love the moments that are in there because it's really interesting that having this sniper versus a predator you know because it's not what the predators want they want to be up close they want to be stabbing yeah. and you've got that you've got this guy hiding his body heat miles away or however far away can having them and i'm like you know what i buy it i'm not sure it's massively entertaining though you know, I agree that there just needs to be a little more Predator, but I agree with the premise. You, you start with a good story and a good setting and good events and then throw a Predator in it. You know, I always go back to that Predator 2 trailer where, you know, they're showing off the drug war and the police against the Colombians. And then they say, if, you know, if that's not bad as, as it currently is, it's going to get worse, much worse. And they throw the predator in. And if you watch just the beginning of Predator 2 and it's the drug war and the predator's just watching and observing, you're already getting pieces of the predator. He's watching how they're fighting. He's watching who's the hero, right? It's Harrigan, you know, hanging out of that car. And we and we just didn't get enough of that to really justify as, you know, getting your predator fix, which was really a missed opportunity to me is when Sloan was watching the predators, the two predators take down the bear, you know, which he referred it to as almost like dancing. And geez, get your camera in there. I know I'm talking visually, there's no camera in a book, but get your your story focal point in there just because he's observing from afar take us in there take us into the battle and then pull us back out you know give us a little of that up front and i just think that was a missed opportunity and a a legitimate complaint about this book coming from a predator fan i mean who's picking this up a predator fan 
I think it needed to go a little further. So I love the idea. Come up with a great story, a great scenario. You know, what was it? If it bleeds, I think had like one predator story where there was a hurricane going on and a predator decided to visit during this hurricane. I love that. But you just need a little more predator content to make this a legit, wonderful predator experience. Not arguing. Not arguing at all. Yeah, I feel like it, it definitely could have used more, but I don't like for me, it didn't knock it down too much because I felt like what we did see with the predators and the descriptions of them, the observations that Sloan made of them were interesting and they weren't there to hunt the humans. They were there to hunt the bears and the humans got involved and that changed the whole situation for them. So, yeah, and I, I totally get the argument that it's very quick. The bit where he sees, by the way, if it wasn't obvious, we'll be going into spoilers for the book from here on out. But it's very obvious when he sees the two predators take down the bear. He's like, oh, I got to go back and get my big guns. It's it's like very quick to jump to that as like, oh, hmm, they're space aliens. OK, I guess I better take them out back to the ranger station. And it's like, shouldn't he be like it was kind of cool. I was like, oh, beans from another world. Huh? I didn't expect that. OK, back to the station. But uh, and then he has kind of an argument with Mary. She's like, no, this, these are like alien beings. Like you're kind of just like them with how how much of a rugged individual you are. And you hunt. We need to like call the government or whatever. And so they have an interesting debate. He's like, not in my backyard. We're just going to take him out. And so seeing that dynamic between the two and how they came to understand each other a bit more was also really good. But yeah, I get what you're saying, AJ. There were a few moments of the book where the predators were there and they just pulled away from them too quickly. It was the same thing when they found her in the hammock later in the book. And she just rolls down the hill and she's out of there. And it's like, you could have just focused on that just a little bit more. So I, I definitely get that issue. It's like Steve Perry really didn't want them up close. You know, because it's like... It's a complaint people talk about, you know, when, when the possibility of Arnie comes up or Ripley, Sigourney comes up, you know, this, this whole thing about older folk not surviving against the predators or, or the aliens or whatever, you know, and then the book deliberately puts Sloan on a slope up a hill miles away. And it's like Perry really didn't want much physical action going off because the characters might not have not have made it. But what action we do have, it's like you were saying earlier, you know, I, I feel like it is very original Predator-esque in that it's very brief, very brisk, not focusing on it. And then when we do finally get our Arnie versus um, Jungle Hunter, it's a short chapter. You know, it's it's a short chapter that ends with Mary being convinced of the importance of guns, putting down, you know, the Predator from behind. Yeah. Was that Mary's arc there? I mean, I had trouble finding out her arc. As I was reading through it, I mean, I was like, it, it felt it felt very much like Steve Perry trying to convince people that guns were, were necessary. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, she's still at the end. I don't think it was, as she says, it's not that black and white, but there's like a gray area and I've seen more of the gray area. And I think it's the same from his perspective too. He didn't realize at the beginning he was saying, oh, your brother is a stupid. Like he was stupid because he wanted to see the bears up close and he deserved to be killed. But at the end, knowing more about the situation in their past, he was like, oh, that's that's pretty messed up. I actually feel bad for him now. So they both had development as characters, I thought, where they both came to understand each other's perspective more. They definitely came to understand each other more. Absolutely. And uh, sex will do that, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, she's out in Alaska, right, to find some closure with the loss of her brother, where she feels guilty still of leaving him when he was young to fend for himself in like a house of horrors, right? And it was so bad that her brother Paul murdered both of her violent parents. And as a result, Mary swore off guns because it's the very weapon that her brother used to kill her parents. She doesn't want to touch him. You know, Sloan calls it, uh, it's just a tool, Mary. But no, 
But then finally, at the end, Mary picks up that uh, 38 special and fires five shots into a predator. And she is all better now because the anti-gun person used the gun finally, and she got laid. And I'm just, I don't see her arc completed here. I don't, you know, and especially as we read the sequel now. But she's a proper gun nut in the sequel. She's a proper gun nut, yeah. You know, she even has a uh, ghillie suit, and uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I just, I, I don't get it. I don't understand what Steve was going for. Guys, this this novel had one of the best guns I ever read. That that Shaytac sniper rifle. I'm not a gun guy. Did you look it up? Yeah, I looked yeah. it up. It's a fucking me. Yeah, and I was like, why am I so interested in this gun? You know, <laughs> I don't have any gun catalogs. I don't have any gun magazines. But the way they worded it, you know, that you, you, you couldn't buy it as a civilian. You could only be military or police right the sniper unit or something like that but you could shoot targets from two miles away and you had to account for the distance and the wind and this gun apparently does all that and it's got to be like an arc because you gotta account for gravity well, he was as saying it was well. more of a flat shot than a lot of sniper rifles were and you didn't have to account for that stuff as much just because of the power of it well and the computer the the scope as well would also figure it all out for you i just remembered it from modern warfare 2 as the intervention because it was one of the most popular sniper rifles in the game. And so it was, it was fun seeing that again. Cause you know me, Aaron, I like my call of duty. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was cool. All the gun porn in the book and, and how it focused heavily on the sniper yeah, rifle too. and just seeing what a sniper rifle of this power did to a predator that wasn't expecting it. And it was cool to see the predators hunting partners reaction to that. Just like, Oh shit. And turns and fires on him. So it was weird, though, because like three predators were taken out unaware and sniped. Well, really, all of them really, isn't it? Because Mary well, takes yeah, the other well, one I out mean, from behind. A more of a scuffle first, but the first three, none of them knew it was coming. They were all just shot from the distance. Yeah, I don't know how that ghillie suit controlled his body temperature. Do you know what I mean? He kind of alluded that he did, even though he's super. It wasn't controlling it. It was, it was containing it. I guess so. With all the, the twigs and the... I mean, I don't know how realistic that is. I actually meant to look it up before we came on here, but I was like, all right, Steve, you're telling me that's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. Well, I was wondering if the glint actually works like that, because I know that's how it is in video games where you see the sniper's glint, which is how uh, Regal spotted Sloan at the end. But a lot of sniper rifles don't have glints. A lot of them have like this little honeycomb thing that goes into the big sniper scope, so it doesn't have a glint. And even then, you can't really see the glint unless the sun's right at the right angle and the sniper's pointed right at you. So that I felt was kind of a plot device, but I mean, a little thing, who cares? Can we talk about Regal, by the way? I mean, you guys seem to like these guys, but these evil poachers to me, right, are just one-dimensional villains. And I, I, I need to ask you guys a question. Are illegal poachers just all naturally... Rapists? Murderers? <laughs> yeah. Are they naturally 100% rapey where they're all willing to take turns raping a 40-year-old woman? Because they're not legal hunters, they're illegal hunters. <laughs> 
I had the same eyebrow. Was, oh yeah, bring her back here, and I'd like it. I'd like a word with her as well. I was like, really? Like none of, all you guys? Like it was? Yeah. I would love to have greater depth to these guys versus Regal is just the smart one and the most talented, and the rest are just degrees of dumber and or less skilled. I mean, I, w- I wanted some meat on these guys, and these guys were paper thin, and I was getting these so much more than the Predators. Give me Predators. Not these guys. To be fair, the majority of the poachers are off relatively quickly, so it is mostly just Regal. And I, I think that's more of what you remember anyway. As rapey as he gets, I'm not sure how realistic it is that poachers are going to be. He did get quite rapey, <laughs> like both in what, in they, what they he all said made. to her and his internal dialogue. Yeah. Like it focused on that quite a lot. He was also more than just a poacher. You know, the, the book goes into some effort to explain that he's a straight up crim. He's not He's not just out there trying to get, you know, bears illegally for a bit of money. You know, he spent time in the joint, as I think they probably put it in the book at some point. Well, they go into um, his childhood kind of too. It was weird how much they went into his past and like how he protected his friend from a bully and stuff. I'm like, are you trying to make me sympathize with this character? Who's <laughs> literally like, I turned out all right, but then we see the, the shit he does in the book and it's just like... Uh. <laughs> It just wasn't working for me. That's why I can't put this at a nine or eight, stuff like this. As much as we were going into Regal's childhood and his friendships and all these flashbacks and stuff, I just wasn't interested in it. You know, I was like, bring me back to Sloan and Mary quickly, please. And geez, maybe it's just me because I'm a big fan of the Lethal Weapon series, that buddy cop film. But I kept being taken out of the book because the Lethal Weapon series stars Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. (laughs) These henchmen were named Mel and Gibson and Danny. And the fourth henchman was named Martin, which is Mel Gibson's character's name in (laughs) in those movies, Martin Riggs. So I'm like, I keep seeing Lethal Weapon. I get two of them are a guitar reference, blah, blah, blah. But I kept seeing Lethal Weapon. I'm wondering, is this intentional? Really? Mel Gibson, Danny, and then Martin, Mel Gibson's character name? I mean, that's, yeah, that's funny. I've never seen Lethal Weapon, so I didn't make uh, that connection. But I've seen the first one once the first and I really enjoyed it. I've been it. meaning to see it. It's, um, it's been on the I list. It was good. I, I'm, I've been doing a rewatch of that for a while. How many did they fair. make? Like four, one? Four? And a TV show? The first two are worth it. Oh, yeah, the TV show. That's right. And that with like Damon, Damon Wayne or Wayne's. Wayne Damon. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Damon. Yeah, he played the, uh, the Roger Murtaugh character. Yeah. So it just kept taking me out of the book. No, I mean, that, that's fair. I complained about that with Infiltrator, you know, all the, the, the references to the various cast and crew and writers and stuff yeah. like that. Obviously, it didn't bother me because I don't know Lethal Weapon as, as intimately as, as, as you do. So it wasn't yeah. something I picked up on, which I suppose is it might be same, the same set of, of Infiltrator. It depends. Mileage may vary depending on how into, you know, the background you sure. were of, of, of that series. It felt like it couldn't be a coincidence, but... <laughs> You know, just to have Mel and Gibson as two of your guys, right? <laughs> there was a weird aspect, though, with in regards to Regal in terms of he's also a tracker himself. And it's made clear he's not quite as as seasoned as Sloan is. So he sees where two of his group were initially killed, killed by the Predators. And he notices these bigger footprints. And he's he notices that the tracks for the Ranger, which because he knows about the Ranger station and someone who was with him, the woman. He's like, oh, they they didn't kill him because the tracks are more fresh. But then later he like puts it all together in his mind like, oh, no, Sloan has these like laser weapons and rocket launchers and stuff. And he believes it until the very end, until right before he dies and he sees a predator. And he's like, oh, yeah, she wasn't lying. Huh? Crazy. But I was like, 
before you realize they didn't kill him, but then you went back to like, oh, he must have killed them. And it's like, you didn't, I don't know. I felt like he was doing gymnastics in his mind to convince himself that Sloan was the one who had done all this when like earlier he realized that it wasn't them. So that was kind of a, a weird dynamic because he goes on this revenge quest against Sloan. And like, you really think he did all this? You really think he has all this weaponry and everything you've been seeing here? Like you literally see the plasma shots and he's like, huh, where did, where did he get that weapon? Like, so. He's obviously crazy, man. He's beheading right. people and putting holes in their chest. He's so crazy. He's lost it. Yeah, I didn't buy that either. Yeah, that was rough. I don't know. Well, Aaron, you were talking about that finale, man. I mean, that's that's where that's where I think an editor needed to step in, right? Because, you know, so he, here's Sloan, right? The book's finale. Mano y mano with the predator, you know, ready to throw down. Sloan pulls the knife. The predator, ready to throw down draws its arm-mounted blades, ready to square off. They come head to head. And then, long ago, uh, Sloan spent time with an old man uh, <laughs> in the country of Yava. Yeah, that wasn't convenient, but... was Satariko, and uh, he was pleased, and he knew martial arts. And he also had a Marine hand-to-hand instructor named Pablito, and he was half Mexican, half Italian. I'm not exaggerating, guys. And he couldn't win in a knife fight with the old man. And the old man said, uh, you know, I would flay him like a fish and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. And for Christ's sake, almost two pages of this, almost two pages. And you're taking the piss out of the suspense, the momentum that you set up with this Predator Sloan fight. And I'm like, this stuff needed to be tossed out by an editor here or thrown in earlier and justified yeah. earlier yes yes you don't stick it in here and you know it's it's like breaking for a commercial almost but you're reading a book and uh, i just i don't know maybe the editor was asleep at his job i don't know i mean one, one of the complaints that you do see regarding this is is errors grammatical and spelling throughout and i i didn't really notice terribly many of them it wasn't many, but I noticed a few. So, I don't know. Maybe it didn't get enough look at Yeah. So, I'm saying that you just needed to shave some of this stuff off, you know? I mean, you already had an overlap of events from other people's perspectives. You know, like Mary would see Sloan come and, oh my God, it's Sloan. And then we, we rewind back in time. And it's Sloan from Sloan's perspective, you know, and he hears Mary talking and crying and he walks into the woods and there's Mary. Hi, Mary. And they say the same thing. You know, he's already doing this, these repetitive events from people's perspectives where you read a section and then you read the same event again from another person, which can be fascinating depending on the event describing here. Not so much. Then you have this repeated stuff in the woods that felt like filler to me, like this is my forest or this was his forest, you know, not in my backyard. And he hunted men in Vietnam and the old man's feelings were back, you know, and uh, he didn't expect damn aliens. And it was the same reflections and the same variations of the same reflections over and over and over again. And I'm like, trim it down, man. It feels like filler. It feels very much like Perry didn't have enough meat to go in this story. Yes, 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 yes. But it's, it's again going back. I liked it. I liked all the. I liked all the flashback stuff to Vietnam and the various random stories. It's the kind of thing I'd happily sit and listen to some vet talk about in a bar or something. You know that kind of thing. So. I find this book really weird because majority of what we can probably talk about is going to be, that was kind of disappointing. It's like you said, I enjoyed this book. 
but yeah. at the end of it all, I'm like, well, I still enjoyed it. I'm still quite happily sit down and beast through this book again. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Did you review it for the site back in the day? Yeah, I fucking loved it. And you it. gave it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, I gave it a 5 out of 5. I was like, you know what? It's not that much of a Predator story. It's a character story to do with Sloan and Mary and Regal, but I love it. I loved it too, but it started straining on me about after two thirds of the book. I can get those arguments. And and now that you mention it, you know, once you start to think about something a bit more, like even things you really enjoyed, like you're like, yeah, they threw a flashback right in the middle of that final battle with the predator, didn't they? And I, I can get it. They want to explain like, oh, this is how he can stand up to a predator with, with a knife. But I think you could have done that earlier in the book so as to not mm-hmm. take us away from the fight there. It was kind of amusing the predator's mannerisms in the fight, how he like knocks the guns out of his hand because three of his hunting partners have been killed by them. And Sloane's like, oh, he has he has wrist blades on on his right-hand side, so all I, all I have to do is stay to his left. And he tries that. The Predator, like, throws his arms up like, you think I'm stupid? And so I thought that some of those bits yeah, where we finally cool. saw a bit more of the Predator at the end were cool. Too little, too late. Yeah, the final fight was a bit short, and it felt like we had already wrapped up most everything at the end, you know? So I can get that. For me, it was still just such an enjoyable read. And the characters and the setting and the environments are what made it. And I really liked the whole sniper aspect about it as well. Like going into his history with that, going into the mindset as a sniper and what they're thinking about. So it was cool to see more of that, given the whole Isabel thing and Predators. Like it felt like we were going more into that with this. Maybe Isabel's her child. Let's do some fan <laughs> They all have to be related. Yeah. They had a kid and they didn't tell her about the Predators and the Sloan Trainer. I do really like the whole sniper part of this. On the one hand, it's a little like dude took down three Predators without breaking a sweat. But then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, he was up a hill, up a mountain in a bodysuit that was containing his heat. So the Predators couldn't see him and they had no idea. And he set a trap for the second. Yeah, the second one. He set a trap for the second one and, you know, set up. And I, it's kind of like, it's a balance thing. You know, it's like why I don't have a problem with the Predators dying in AVP because I think it's balanced to the strengths. And in this book, you know, when you go, dude took down three, three Predators, two Predators. Yeah, Three. two. Uh, no, you count the one we, in the No, that goes. Oh no, Mary. because Mary. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. He took down two predators. Dude took down two predators from miles away, and it's like, yeah, okay, I get you. I buy into it. Yeah, I believe it. So that that didn't really fuss me, and I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, I think we all like that, right? Mm-hmm. We all like Sloan, and we all like the cat and mouse, and the tactic, and the counter tactic, and trying to anticipate each other's moves. Yeah, that uh, that I really enjoyed as well. You know, like when when Regal was like. Oh, this old man's losing it. And then he's like, wait a minute. Is he really <laughs> losing it? Or is he wanting me to think he's losing it? Like, <laughs> so. I, I, I enjoyed that kind of stuff. Uh, that, that I'm surprised it took him that long to figure it out, though, you know, because Regal was no idiot. I did like at the end how he was like, one or the other would have killed me, but they both happened to arrive at the same time. And I was just lucky. And then Regal killed the Predator. Sloan saw where he had fired from and then sniped him. So that was kind of a cool yeah. bit. You know, I feel like a lot of the books in these franchises have the more drawn out fights and we do get that at the end with this, but it was kind of interesting to, to just have that tension so present, but the fights are over in an instant. Somebody just gets sniped and, but you have all that tension beforehand. And I thought mm-hmm. this did that well. And it was cool to see the Predator's reaction to that because yeah, they're more close and personal. It did make me think of like the, the NECA ultimate version of Scout and they talk about him sniping and they're like, oh, the Predators don't like to snipe, but he's a special exception. 
Inception. And I'm like, that would be such a cool story, like a sniper battle between a predator yeah. and a human. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the future that would be cool. But yeah, I, I just thought this book handled tension. It handled character really well. So yeah. I would agree, just to an extent. I just think it overplayed its hand. I can see what Some you're... bits made me cringe, though, with the way Uh-oh. the Sloan referred to foreign people, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this this wasn't a 2010s book. Yeah, yeah, that little brown dude or or that little white yellow man. I was like, oh, oh, oh that's yeah, that wouldn't make it past. Yeah. What was he? Sixty? He was yeah, sixty years 60. old. Yeah, and then even for what 2008, I still think that was a bit cringe for 2008 <laughs> kind of behavior. You know, I tell you what, I did really like the age appropriate relationship. I absolutely fucking hate that Steve Perry had, at the end of Nightmare Asylum and into Female War, surrogate father Hicks want to bang his, you know, um, surrogate daughter <laughs> Newt. Sorry, Wilkes and Billy. Wasn't that only in the books? That, wasn't that was only in the books. Yeah. It was only in the books. And I hate it. And one of the things I hated about Expendables, you know, was uh, Sylvester Stallone wanted to bang the 20, 30-year-old when he was, what, 60-something. So I was quite happy with what I felt was more of an age-appropriate relationship. Yeah, Mary was in her this. 40s and Sloane was, was yeah. in 60. Yeah, I mean, women women date older guys, man. Like, when I was born, my Didn't mom was... did read that there was some stiffening up, though, Aaron? I think I read in the... Uh... When they're huddling together, he quickly stiffened up, something like that. <laughs> I don't think it's completely PG as you suggest. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying PG. I just it didn't make me cringe at the idea of you know the 45 year old woman and the 60 year old bloke. Yeah, I would- oh, does that idea make you cringe? Ah, that happens a lot here in the U.S. Those age disparities. No, I think he's saying if she was younger, if she was like. Right. 2030 yeah because yeah. that that was something i hated about the expendables was the really old sylvester stallone you okay. know and the 50 60 year old hicks you know getting it on with the 20 30 year old yeah when i was new. born my, my dad was 55 and my mom was 45 and so it's a it's a common age gap here especially once you start getting past your 30s and older people here in america you, you see that more so i could i could totally buy it and you know honestly i feel like sloan not to get too personal here but i feel like sloan kind of reminded me of my dad in a few ways like my dad was a former marine and he he loved hiking as well he loved like wilderness like just getting lost in the wilderness like literally my mom and i sent like search and rescue after a few times i could kind of see my dad and sloan a little bit just like relating to it as a character uh, not like crazy sniper or anything but like th- there were those aspects there that i was like oh he's an older badass you know like that was cool yeah i liked it and i liked his no nonsense personality I didn't believe his, you know, the way he flippantly reacted to the aliens, you know. Yeah, uh, that was a little like, huh. Oh, okay. I guess they're from another planet then. But it was kind (laughs) of cool seeing how he saw their their camp because we had never seen like Predator tents before. And he just kind of briefly mentions those. But I would have liked to have seen him, like like you were saying, AJ, I would have liked to have seen him describe the camp a bit more. Like show us, just like in Predators where we have like strung up in the camps and like skulls on racks and stuff. Yeah, it gives us a little more than that than these flashbacks, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And most of those flashbacks, I think, were poorly timed, you know? Uh, the one that didn't even make sense to me is, well, Mary's flashback, you know, where she, uh, well, I mean, the readers learned really early 
that they were not really killed in a uh, car accident, but shot by her younger brother, Paul. But by the time she reveals this info to Sloane, you know, the readers already have long since learned it. And Sloane doesn't offer any interesting vantage point to it. You know, it's other than, gee, Mary, I'm sorry. I mean, why not have Mary say, I want to tell you something, Sloane. You know, my parents didn't really die in a car accident. Then cut to that last piece of flashback, you know, where both Sloan and the readers learn at the same time. And it has suddenly a punch at that moment, an impact, you know, not just to Sloan, but the reader. But again, editorial decisions, I think. So I, I think in all, both moments were well written, but someone needed to say, hey, you need to merge these two. You know, he needed a guiding hand. You need to take this flashback out of the finale fight. And you need to put this flashback here, you know, so because he, uh, he's a very talented writer. He just seems like, at least on this book, he needed some guidance. Do you like Steve Perry, then, is the thing, because I, I don't think I've ever heard your opinions on Prey or War, no, not the War Matters, on Prey or Earth Hive or anything like that. I don't, I don't even know what you think of the Outage. I can't remember. What, what, what did you just hear from me in the beginning? I, that rematch was my favorite story out of If if It Bleeds, right? So, and I enjoyed the writing here. I mean, I, I really got into Sloan. I really got into Mary. You know, I just think, like I said, there wasn't enough meat. There was too much fat here. But, I, I you know, for the first two thirds of this book, I'm like, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying the writing. I'm enjoying the characters. I'm enjoying the scenario. I'm enjoying the whole setup. And the the tactics and the counter tactics. So yeah, I liked his writing. It's just I think it felt like it just lost his way. Even the way everything concluded, I'm like reading the Predator fight and I'm feeling the pages, right? There's only a few pages left, you know, and I'm like, how is this gonna conclude in a satisfying way with these characters? And it just it didn't for me. And you know, and then I and it brings me back to where I was like, man, this is kind of dragging out here and we're going over the same issues again. And was it necessary, you know? Let's put a little more story at the end of this novel and beef up the fight a little. So, it's, you know, maybe it's easy for me to say, but I just felt like some juggling would have really helped this book. Not just changing what Steve did, but just rearranging, right? Mm-hmm. I see what you mean. Definitely definitely fair critiques of the book. Aaron, this was Steve's only Predator novel, like just uh-huh. Predator, right? Uh-huh. It would be nice if if it was easier to find along with South China Sea, uh, hopefully now with the lawsuit being where it's at. I think that was always something completely different though. They, they haven't been republished long before any of well, this. Well, they did I, the Aliens ones in the Omnibus. They did the Aliens. They did. Press yeah, they, there's got to be something extra special legal-wise going off with this, otherwise they would have done these years ago. Hmm. Yeah, well, hopefully they can because it would be a shame if if they never got uh, a re-release. But yeah, we honestly we haven't really gotten too many Predator books in the new era, have we? Just the anthology and stalking chapters, yeah, and stalking Ch- and the one that was part of the Rage War trilogy, which was called Predator, but it was an AVP book. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Titan really hasn't been doing too many Predator books. So we had the Predator books too. That's right? true. Yeah. Well, the prequel was good. Yeah, the prequel was good. Yeah. Yeah. I guess original books, non-movie books, but I guess the prequel was original. So so you probably remember, I'm not actually that big of a Steve Perry fan. I, I much prefer his daughter, I much prefer Stephanie. And something made me laugh in this was when Sloan was um, trying to imagine the Predators and, you know, you got the whole human part and he was sort of chast- <laughs> chastising himself for how rid- ridiculous it was to try and humanize the Predators. And I just sort of was like, ha, 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 yeah. yeah. Yet he did it in his sequel. 
little bit he threw in there is like nope these these aren't the hish but it was kind of funny i was like how would sloan know that they were omen he would call them omen but i was like it's just his imagination you know? yeah he's just but that that made me chuckle yeah it took me out of the book for a second but uh, it made me smile there's not really a lot to say on it is there yeah it's no, it's, and, it's and a that very tells straightforward you so. book like the dynamics are kind of simple like you can get into it it's it's a good read like yeah i feel I feel like I'm like, huh, what else is there to talk about this? But okay, one thing I, I just remembered the Predator's weaponry, like it describes them as like little rockets, little missiles. It doesn't really describe it as plasma fire, which is kind of weird, but it, it comes out of the shoulder cannon. Like he specifies that, but he says that they're rockets. So I'm like, is this Predator 2 where he's just using that? The firework effect is an example, and he's taking it too literally. Like, I think it feels more like the firework effect of, of P1 and 2 rather than the plasma of the games or anything like that. Well, P1, it looked more like plasma. No, that was like definitely blue... a firework. Yeah, but you had the blue balls of plasma. Well, I suppose, yeah, when, 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 when he was shooting um, Dylan as well, I guess. Yeah. But would, would Sloan have anything to compare that to? I mean, he could see the projectile, right? Even though it's mm. a ball of plasma, he could see the projectile come from the cannon and shoot. I would assume it's a rocket too. Now, I don't have the, you know, marine background that he does, but I would assume there's some sort of projectile there, you know, making that big ball of light. So I didn't really have an issue. I just took that as his interpretation, yeah. not literally these are rockets. There's also know? that the whole aspect of them being so far up north in Alaska and this being the summer. And they say that the nights are only three hours long. So that was kind of a, an interesting bit, I thought. Is that a bit of real world uh, Adam enjoys yeah. kind of stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the white nights. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Do we, do we want to talk about rematch a little bit? Oh, of course. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool too. So that is in Predator If It Bleeds anthology. And Steve came back to uh, write a short in that one. And that was a sequel to this one. And just like one of the sequels in the recently released AVP Ultimate Prey, this takes place a few years after, more than a few years after. It was about 10 years, I think. Nine or 10 years. Yeah. Mm. It was nine years, I think, because he said he was about to hit the big number of of age, right? Which had to be 70. So, yeah. Even though they had their their cave risk of death, fear, lovemaking, in turnabout, they decided to stay together and have a relationship for that long. And it was interesting seeing, like, how their dynamics had changed. Yeah, she was more open to guns now. And she was, you could tell he had trained her for a bit. She had a ghillie suit. Yeah. yeah. And they they were living in Oregon, which is, I, be, I believe, where Steve Perry himself lives. So it's like, oh, cool. They they like split the difference between California and Alaska, you know, meet in the middle. I'm now just remembering the uh, fucking meth bikers. Yeah, Perry's, Perry's bad guys are a bit OTT. <laughs> oh, yeah. But those weren't bad guys. You know, they were just meths that got dispatched. Some of them, I guess. <laughs> what I mean is they weren't bad guys to the protagonist. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So. And he mentioned that, too. He was like, oh, yeah, you can just stay out of their way, whatever. Like, Yeah, for me, rematch, I'm like, now you're talking, you know? The Predators were the main villains. The story was practically all meat. No fat, no fillers. No flashbacks. Streamlined. No flashbacks. I think there was one tiny one, but otherwise, no. And But it was still cat and mouse, tactic and counter-tactic, outsmart your opponent, mm-hmm. but lean, mean, and not redundant. So to me, this is what Turnabout needed to be. A short story in an anthology. No, no, no. Just more, more story, more scenario, 
you know, where you didn't have to fill it with this filler, you know, and there was no complaints of a lack in predator in this yeah. one. Now, now me, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest fan of predators talking. I thought it was tolerable here. You know, I actually prefer just to know what they're thinking versus dialogue because I think that dialogue humanizes them too much. But once the female predator lost her mate and it was Sloan and Mary against her, I was like, this is just great. This is, yeah. this is what I wanted in Turnabout. Did the Predator perspective make you wish we had gotten that side of things more in Turnabout in terms of like their perspective or just more focus on the Predators in Turnabout? Not to dialogue, but I, I do wish we had more of their perspective. Yeah. The dialogue where they're almost like a um, married couple, a tired yeah. married couple. Yeah. They, they are <laughs> yeah, a honey couple. I, they're, they are mates and one of the Predators is, is female in this one. And so there was some interesting. You could do that without understanding their dialogue. And more that the the narrator of the book is just sort of interpreting their body reactions. And uh, I think that's the way to go. And fortunately, you know, once her mate died, I was like all smiles. I did like how those, um, what do you call the triangle parentheses, Aaron? The brackets? The triangle brackets. We'll go triangle, triangle brackets. brackets, whatever. He it's more than that instead, of, really. instead of quotations to try yeah, and that make was them nice. seem less human. But the, the dialogue I thought was all right. Like it, it, it was the same thing with The Predator, right? Like it was kind of cool to see a little bit more of the dialogue, even though that movie you know, has problems. But just that aspect of it, I thought was well done in this. Well, I think it helps, at least to me, when it's a subtitle. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. when you're not imagining these are the words coming out of its mouth, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I found it funny that still Mary calls Sloan by his last see, name. That really annoyed me because the book ends with her asking him and him telling yeah. her. But we don't oh, we find don't it out that. in the book. But instead, in the short, she just refers to him as Sloan. I was like, Steve did not go back oh. and reread his book before he waited on Yeah, this. I know. I imagine they're married and she took his last name, you know. Sloan, breakfast is ready. I'll be there in a second, Sloan. What was funny, you know? she's like, it's not as like, you know, testosterone fueled of a first name as I would have expected or whatever. But we, yeah, we don't know. Stan. Really? No, I'm, 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 oh. I'm guessing. You're I'm guessing, guessing Stan, yeah. Stan. Jim. I don't know. Tough guys go by their last name, Ziller. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this as well. It's interesting reading a short sequel to Turnabout and seeing how different a pacing you have to do with an anthology because you only have a short, you have one chapter to work with, right? So the pacing is a lot faster and it's jumping around a lot more. But I felt like this did it effectively. Like they meet up with this police character. So we're really focused on three main human characters. But uh, when we get to the predator perspective, the female predator's perspective, which her, her male hunting partner is killed because he's overconfident and like, oh, these old people are the ones that took out four of our predators. And, and I was like, of course, he's going to die. So that was a little like predictable where it's like the cocky male is going to get destroyed quickly. But it was interesting seeing her perspective. She was like, she grieved over him, but she was also angry. And she's like, oh, yeah, he, he messed up there. And in his dying breath, he was like, yeah, you were right. I underestimated them and then dies after he was blasted with the sniper rifle. So credit to him for that, at least, I guess. But it, it was cool seeing her kind of like, oh, this is this human's also a hunter. And they think like I would be doing this. So they're going to do this. And so she's she's getting into the, the tactics dynamic, just like Sloan and Regal did in the first one. So that aspect was was pretty cool, I thought. 
Yeah, I very much enjoyed the cat and mouse aspect of it. But you, you know me, it's the oucher stuff. It, it's, it's, the, it's the internal stuff that I can't stand. They're like, I have slain Kanhamada, like, and even things like you know the, the the whole married dynamic in this, where I was like, I'm fairly sure in Prey they didn't couple up like that, and you know Deshande been and nailed a good fair few different women and had lots of different babies and, and stuff like that. Where I was like, I'm yeah. sure some of them do, and some of them uh, go more the free spirited route. But then then it always comes down to that. Um, what what was our favorite thing with some of the um, the consulting we did? It's a different clan. They do things differently. Yeah, it's always just a different clan. Yeah, yeah. That's how you explain any differences. Yeah. That's the easy way. Yeah. But yeah, it it was my least favorite of If It Bleeds. But that's not to say I hated it because there's not a single one in If It Bleeds I don't like. Wow, you even liked it better than Dutch's sequel, Drug War? Not Dutch's, uh, Harrigan's sequel. Less than But that sidekick yes, with, who would recite movie lines, you know, yippee kaye, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, I just, I, I don't like Steve Perry very much. That's the thing. I just, mm. I don't really enjoy him, his writing. I do. I praise one of my favorite books. I think he stole one of your girlfriends back in the day. <laughs> just bitter. Although I still haven't read the original Alien Earth War books either, Aaron. Well, he made he made aliens as dumb as dogs in in those. So I I, I don't really like Perry's take on either creature. I, I I fully understand how important he is. I just don't really like it. Hey, like Three World War, right? Turn them into dogs. This time I I revisited rematch with Audible, the audiobook, and it's really neat because the guy doing the narration sounds like a sixty nine year old yeah, man. I thought so too. And it really sounds like you know this is Sloan. Re- recounting these events, and I think it really played well. So I highly recommend checking out the audiobook if you've read it and liked it, you know, in text. I read the digital version uh, with the narr. Uh, well, I didn't do it with the narration, but out of curiosity, I turned on the narration after I had read it, and yeah, I noticed that as well. I was like, oh, it's it's an older narrator, but yeah, read turn about the old fashioned way and smelled the old book pages. That's always that's always fun. Well, that was our only choice. There is no audiobook for this one, yeah. which is a shame. Or ebook, either. Yeah. yeah. The Predator's weaponry in uh, Rematch was, was interesting as well, how they described it as like, what, they wanted to spike him or something? I don't think she meant a literal spike, as in more so much as... Just take him out. The plasma. Yeah. Just kill him. Yeah. yeah. Just a different terminology for the plasma again. Instead of getting in and getting that oh-so-good gratification, you know, by using your blades, you're just going to spike and put a plasma yeah. bolt right in it. Yeah, I never took... She was like, I just want a skull because he killed my mate and I'm not going to risk it anymore at this point. It was interesting how she slashed the tires too so they couldn't get away. Like That was awesome. They they did something similar in Turnabout as well, remember? Right, the ATVs. Mm -hmm. Oh, that that reminds me actually. There was something else I liked in this that was, um, I thought, a nice little bit of continuity was in Turnabout, you know, the whole jamming thing. But it was, you know, they were jamming all the radio stuff. But that also kind of felt like Pray to the Heavens where they also had a similar thing in that. Was like that's not something we see very often, but actually, I quite liked it. Yeah, we also didn't talk about kind of like the very end of Turnabout, where she's like, "Should we go back to the station and wait for the plane to show up?" And he's like, "No, nah, these things might clean up the mess here." And then they see the explosion in the distance and feel the shockwave, and so the predators having the cleanup crew, like the mothership, coming down just like he he thought they would, and taking care of the bodies. And in rematch, you have it seems like the self destruct is automatic when they die because her mate dies and she disables it. But we've always seen it like a manual activation before. And then hers goes off at the very end. And that would make sense to me because it's always been my perception. It's not, you know, some some fans, um, Superior Iron Man likes to think it's a big just fuck you. 
you beat me, but you're going to die. But I, it's been always my perception that it's always just to get rid of the tech. You know, your ship's nearby. It's to get rid of your tech on you. So basically, you don't affect human evolution, you know, like we saw in that video game, Predator uh, Concrete Jungle, right? Mm-hmm. You just want to keep your technology out of the hands. So that logic always worked for me. And then this logic of it going off automatically supports that logic. And I think it makes sense. You know, you don't want to fuck with the environment. You don't want to make them extinct. You don't want to change their their technological advancement evolution. And you just you just want to go hunt and then, you know, collect your trophies and <laughs> off you go. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I like it better as a fuck you. I still think this all loses. <laughs> but no, I completely understand. Well, we know how you feel in general about the honor. Yeah. It's, it's a bi clan thing, right? You, you like them as psychopathic <laughs> killers. Man, wait till, uh, wait till you read uh, South China Sea. Uh, are you telling me there's psychopathic killers in that one? There's a very interesting psychological warfare kind of moment on the Predator's behalf in South China Sea. I'm curious okay. to see how you react to that. Well, we've seen that in um, Predator 2. Right? Yeah, true. Fucking with true. Prey, psychologically. Yeah. So maybe I like that. Yeah. You kept poking the lion by killing all his friends and then laying, uh, hanging that Danny's necklace in the tree. So it's easily my favorite interpretation of the predator. It's South China Sea. Easily my favorite interpretation. And if it bleeds, not if it bleeds. Um, sorry. What was that graphic novel? Thicker than blood. No, I wouldn't call that my favorite interpretation. I just really enjoyed the whole. Oh, you love them as killers. Well, yeah, yeah, they were. That's fair. So there's a bit in Rematch where, so this is like nine years later, right? And the Predators have have found them living in a different state. And Mary brings it up. She's like, how the hell did they find us? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to know that. How the hell did they they find them and track them down? And it kind of reminded me of Predators where it's like they're on Earth, they're stalking all these different killers and then incapacitating them, taking them to the hunting preserve. It's like, there's got to be Predators just like on Earth that understand how to look into human systems or something and look people up. (laughs) Just one break in. I mean, you see in the Predator, he can find an elementary school by a kid's, you know, crayon writing. So like... Well, we don't talk about the Predator. So... I mean, to, to be fair, they do talk about in rematch, you know, footage of the hunt and everything was yeah. uploaded to the, which mm-hmm. I think was kind of cool because that was, wasn't that also one of the things that Jim and John Thomas talked about for that early version of Predator 2 where, or, or what Stephen told us anyway, you know, where yeah. footage had gone back to the ship. Yeah. Where the uh, second Predator in Predator 2 would have gone to the blast site and retrieved, I think, the armed computer. And then apparently that was recording everything. I don't remember if it was like in hologram. Would the computer had blown up. It had the bomb. Apparently not. Maybe there's a little shield that I, I I don't know. But I think it was definitely like one of the gauntlets or yeah. something. I mean, they, they, they'd have had to have worked on it. But that concept again is something I love as well, and and it's something in South China Sea that I really like. Is this idea that the predators GoPro all their hunts? You know, they would want to record all that. Yeah, and it goes to that in AVPR as well too. Like they have that that element with that. I lo- I love the idea that sometimes when the predators are just chilling, they're like, you know what, I'm gonna pop that big. This is a good hunt. On. Let's check this out. Yeah, <sighs> that was a good hunt. Yeah. They've got their own Predator YouTube where they upload all the all the cool. Um, didn't didn't they have like a Black Mirror episode where people like watch recordings of their own memories all the time? And like, I don't think the Predators would be too into that at the expense of going out and hunting. But just an interesting concept, I think. Yeah, yeah. 
would you want to see these characters back? I guess they, they'd probably both, well, at least Sloan would probably be dead by now, right? <laughs> if the first book came out in 2008. Oh, no, he got the Predator blood, just like uh, Dutch. That's right, yeah. Just uh, juice the Predator a little bit. Stark A's a come and game, yeah. or um, no, we're on OWLF, aren't we? I would love to see more of these characters. These mm. The characters with the art, you know, or Mary and Sloan, you know. Don't need any backstory with Regal. Yeah, I enjoyed them coming back in rematch, and I wouldn't mind. You know, I, I loved, I love that um, he can even sense the predators near him. You know, his his hearing had gone, and uh, he had to rely what on Mary, right, in rematch to to be able to hear things. Pretty much, because his hearing, you know, he used to wear those. Oh, those were so cool in Turnabout. What were oh those? right, the electronic earmuffs. earmuffs yeah. Have you have yes. you ever worn yeah. anything like that? No. Yeah. I have some cheaper ones for Airsoft, where it's more like dampening for like the, the pyros and stuff like that, but they, they can also amplify the other bits and pieces. Not quite to the quality of perhaps Sloan's things, but they, they are quite interesting and quite cool. Really weird. Yeah, I've seen yeah. I've seen people use them at the range. I just I just use the earplugs and earmuffs myself. I should probably get those on. I always assumed they were just ear protectors because I know, you know, those loud gunshots can blow out your eardrums. So I had no idea that some of those can actually, you know, fine-tune your hearing and you can hear like a bear take a shit, you know, <laughs> ten miles away. <laughs> at least the way he was describing it. I'm sure there's probably some high-tech versions that are that good. Well, maybe not quite that good. Yeah. But, you know, reasonably good. But yeah, I did really enjoy all the technical stuff in the book, you know. The gun porn aspect of it was so much fun. You know, with all the Vietnam flashbacks and the fact that, like, a bit of Dutch's crew were in Vietnam. We forgot the Arnie mention. Speaking oh, right, yeah. She says the governor at the end of Turnabout when she's having a, another dream that she's in uh, Santa Monica. And I was, yeah. of course, we had a chuckle at that. I'm sure we all did. And it's yeah. just like, yeah. what? Arnold's in the Predator universe? Like, <laughs> Why not? But yeah, the whole, the fact that Dutch's original crew fought in Vietnam, we had all the Vietnam flashbacks here. It made me really want like a Vietnam predator story. Is that South China's, no, South China's no. contemporary, right? If I remember rightly, the guy in Hunters and Hunted was a Vietnam vet. And that's where his encounter was. Yeah, but make Predator the enemy, right? Like, but give me a first battle, you know, a Vietnam battle like you got in the first movie, the Predator classic film. But then, you know, suddenly make both sides team up, the Vietnamese and the Americans, because they realize, you know, they got to stick together to survive this otherworldly threat. You know, <laughs> don't make him a behind the scenes villain like you did in this book. And I would love it. I would love it in Vietnam. I would love it in all different time periods. You know, I want to see him like it's Spartans. I've always had that dream. I know. We had something similar now in an alien book. I'm f I'm fairly sure, you know, in the flashback stuff though, in Hunted and Hunted, it, it was it was very much of an active presence at the time in in that book. Anyway, I'm sure I'm sure it was because I remember really enjoying that, being like, yeah, damn right, Vietnam. Well, now I'm thinking just movies. Like I was hoping. I mean, this is just silly hope, but I'm hoping Prey kicks off this whole anthology time kind of period thing. anthology. Yeah. Did the bear hunting in this make you stoked for what we, we might see in Prey? No. Yeah. I mean, I love the idea. I love the concept, but uh, they didn't really exploit it well. Hmm. The it predators was, it was were a brief moment, weren't it? Yeah. I just thought the visual of the predators hunting bears in terms of the dancing, like you, you were saying, like it makes me think of like, oh, how could they portray that on screen, like fighting a bear? It could be cool to see. In the comic book Prey, I thought it was pretty good, you know? Um, better than this, at least. Wasn't it Prey? What was that comic called? Primal. Primal, yeah. Primal, thank you, thank you. Started with a P. <laughs> I'm drinking. This is alcoholic seltzer. I don't think that's a very popular story, you know. It's been yeah, so I think long it was since just I read that one. 
What was that, one issue or two? I think it was two issues. It was mm. a two-issue limited series. And they'll probably get spanked or something, doesn't they? Yeah. I wonder if it's in the omnibus coming out. It'll be collected in there somewhere. It's in Dark Horses. Yes. So, so I, I would imagine Marvel will put it out. Yeah. And that comes September, I think. Yes, that's right. September. Yeah. Because it came out in the May solicitations. We all thought it was coming out in May. But no, yeah. it was September. Yep. Well, you know what? At the end of all that, at the end of all the complaining... I'll still happily reread this. You know, I still really fucking enjoy it, and I will happily revisit this book. I don't hold it quite as highly as I originally did because of the lack of Predators bothers me a bit more now, but it's still damn solid as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy I read it. Happy I own it. I don't think I'll revisit it anytime soon, and I don't know what to say if someone doesn't own it and, you know, needs to drop like 100 bucks. buy <laughs> You know, I... Let's put a big question mark on that. Are you looking at prices, Aaron? No, I, I said I'd read some of the comments on the socials in regards to you this did. one. So I've already mentioned Lee, um, Xenopedia uh, editor. So he says, probably my favorite of the Predator novels. I honestly didn't expect much going in because I wasn't the biggest fan of Perry Sr.'s earlier work in the franchise, but this was an excellent read. David Winters says, been a while since I've read it, but it's definitely the best of this DH Press run of novels. I disagree there. Although he says, good cover. Do you right. Uh, Robert Thompson, definitely my favorite Predator book. Um, I have no idea how to pronounce that. I'm sorry, but somebody said, not bad at all. I liked this one. Thomas Duas, this one and Predator South China Sea are the best Predator novels. God, there is a lot of love for this book. Alas Dare McKeever, this is the first Predator novel I read and so far is definitely my favourite. Always thought it would make an excellent film. I like the whole grizzled, retired sniper in a ghillie suit thing. You know, I think I'll have to read it again now I've seen this post. Wow. Hey, here's one. Damon Michael, I always cast Tommy Lee Jones in my head when I read the main character. You think about that? Hmm. I can't hmm. say I did. No? That would work though. Yeah, I could yeah, see that. that would work. Maybe I'm, I'm I'm the hardest on this book, I guess. And uh, so on, off the page, Alan Carter, I really like Turnabout. In fact, I reread it last week. Loved the plot element of an aging forest ranger, former marine sniper in Vietnam War, taking on some predators. No, who's the guy in Avatar who plays the old antagonist? Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's, he's in that Don't Breathe. Yeah, he is. Right? Oh, what's yeah. his name? He was in that really awful sci-fi back in the past as well. Stephen Lang. Stephen Lang, that's his name. Someone who's just old and really in shape. So fortunately, I feel not alone, I guess. I'm at Goodreads. I like to go there. And so does Brian Thomas Schmidt. He always reviews these books. Did he review this one? Yeah, I've got him here. He says, a standout, a standout Predator novel marred only by the feeling of dragged out pacing a bit in the last third. A great read with good characters and better character development than any Predator novel so far. So he felt it dragged in the last third, just like me. Another person decent affair towards the end of the book the author tends to drag the plot a bit which tends to get boring yeah so it, it feels like i'm not the only one that feels like they he loses his way so that's good but we you know they, they're still giving it like brian gave it four stars this other reviewer gave it three stars out of five you know it's still a decent book to read it's yeah. not a bad book and the reception still is positive as we just saw you know there yes. was there was not a single negative response on any of the social even mine is a seven out of ten what is that on that scale our new scale what does that mean seven's generally solid solid seven there you go solid seven so 
And I would definitely recommend it at its six dollar and ninety nine cents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Two thousand and eight. So I did just look, and eBay has a few between thirty and fifty. They don't look like they're in great oh, wow. shape, but but then again, I, th- I I think I spent thirty on the Predator Two novelization. Yeah, I think I think I must have too. That was one I got way after the fact. Yeah, mm. and I think I'd rather the Predator Two novel than Turnabout. Yeah, that was a good novelization. So oh, I need to revisit that one as well. But yeah, so lots of bitching, but we love the book. Well, we enjoy the book. Yes. So we uh, weird, weird, weird episode. I would say let us everybody else let us know how you feel about this book, but you know, we've we've already been through and seen it. But feel free to comment on any of the stuff that we we've said. Um, anything we may have missed or, or things that you, you love or hate about the book. If you'd like to follow me personally on Twitter, and only Twitter, not real life, please. I've had enough of those. Um, you can find me <laughs> at underscore Corporal Hicks. If you'd like to follow me personally on Twitter or Instagram, it's at Ridgetop21. And if you'd like to follow me at Twitter, it's FN Voodoo Magic. And Adam, do do add the website. You know I hate it. You hate the website, Aaron? No, I, I hate the whoring. I, I have to do enough whoring out as it is. I can just do it on automatic now. Let's do it. Okay, so if you'd like to visit our website where we have reviews, editorials, interviews, information about the series, and all sorts of great stuff, just head on over to avpgalaxy.net. Best website ever. Best website ever. And if you'd like to check out old school message discussion boards to engage with other fans, we have that on our site as well. See, that was, that was pretty good. Right? Right. Sold it. You know what I keep meaning to do <laughs> is just script something out record it and then just insert that all the time oh come on that's too lazy it's not lazy it's efficient (laughs) avp galaxy is your number one source for alien and predator content everyone knows it 20th century fox once described us as the pulse of the online alien and predator community oh is that where that tagline came from that's where that tag came from that was that was from fox Nice. Yeah. I shit you and not. Stephen Hopkins. Well, I did not know that story yeah, too. We're also on all the major socials: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. If you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to see our faces uh, on this bond podcast, on this, <laughs> po- <laughs> on this podcast, or in a future podcast, you can watch our podcast on YouTube. What do we normally do on Sundays, Adam? Oh yeah, we we normally live stream video games. So if you like watching uh, us play Alien and Predator video games, both modern and retro, we usually stream on Sundays. We've been more regular about that this year, and we usually start at uh, noon Mountain Time. So that would be like seven PM in British time. Yeah, that about covers it. I think this has been Corporal Hicks, Rich Stop, and Voodoo Magic. Get into the chopper or get into the radio station. Get into the airplane while it gets shot out of the sky. We're getting to Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we know where Voodoo's mind is. We know where Voodoo's mind is. (laughs) It's not quite nighttime yet, Voodoo. Give the wife a chance. Yeah. (laughs) Honey. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Bye.